Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have an extremely special guest. Her name is Megina Agarai. And Megina comes to us all the way from the other side of the world. I'm kidding. She's in New York City. And I am coming to you from Dallas, Texas. I have the one and only McGenna on the show. So I need you to do me a favor. I need you to share this out because you will not believe two things. Number one, this, this lady's energy is off the charts. And number two, her story is incredible. So do me a favor and click that share button and share this out right now. And let's get a million people on here so they can all hear McGinnis' story. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And we are back. Let me bring McGenna on. McGenna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ken. Great to be here. I am very grateful to have you here. Um, we met recently through Glenmore Shower, my brother from another mother. And mm -hmm. he said, dude, you've got to have this woman on your show. And I said, who? And he said, McGenna. <laughs> and then we ended up meeting because you were here in Dallas and it, and we hung out. You got to see the worldwide premiere of grumpy old Santa. And um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Your energy is incredible. And I am really, really grateful to have you on the show. So welcome. Thank you so much. The pleasure yeah. is mine and I'm honored truly because I'm sure when Glenn said you have to have Megan on the show, you you thought for a second. I don't know any celebrities that name no. which name is Megan. I I, yeah, I need to verify this. So I had to fly to no. Dallas to verify me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am. Um, I don't know who who's Facebook user. Great to see you, Megan. Um, I shared I it on LinkedIn. I shared it on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, WhatsApps. I went like. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> so, so again, I started this show about five and a half years ago and, um, I've interviewed a lot of people. This was really, it all started just to help people have a breakthrough in life. And, um, by hearing other other people's stories. I really think that by hearing other people's stories of how they overcame hard times and broke through and succeeded, um, you know, I think that that really, really helps people. So why don't you start where you were born and raised? Oh, I was born and raised in Albania in a very, very small town called... Um... Hojar Ere in the city of Fier. So it's a it's a town with about 300 families. Think about that. Oh, wow. Yes. 
uh, 12 buildings and a lot of land. And then, of course, if you drive about five minutes, you end up in the Adriatic, which is part of the Mediterranean. So that's yeah. where I was born and raised. And um, how far from the how far from the Mediterranean? It's it's probably not even less than a mile. Not even. It's just. Oh, wow. I'm right, right there by the water and um, spend all my summers or rather uh, invested <laughs> towards my happiness by the water. Three, four yeah. months. <laughs> it's not spending. Did you, so you spent a lot of time in the Mediterranean. I am from the Mediterranean. I mean, Very, in the water. I mean, like you were, yeah, swimming yeah. and, and yes. frolicking and, and taking naps, that. taking naps in the, during, like in the afternoon, like after 11, between like 11 and 2, 3 p.m., no one stayed by the sand. So all these families would go back into the forest. It's a pine tree forest. And that's where we would have our lunches and take naps and then go back by four or five because that's when the sun is the best. Pre 10 a.m. and post like four or 5 p.m. And you get the best tanning in the world. And I'm not kidding. And it stays the entire year. So there's a process. There's a process. <laughs> there's a process. So tell me what it was like for you um, growing up there. I mean, what oh. was it like as a kid? I, what What were your parents, your family? What was What was it like for you? Oh, so uh, it was it was beautiful. Like I had an amazing childhood. My dad is one of ten. My mom is one of um, eight, and um, I grew up with uh, my paternal grandparents because they lived in the same town with us. Uh, I had an uncle in the same building where we lived, and many other uncles in other buildings. So pretty much I went to school from the first grade all the way to um, when I finished high school, With and I had cousins in every class. We had cousins. So oh, I wow. Much he took over the town pretty much. It was it was us and a few other families, and I'm not kidding. Wow. Uh, my dad is a carpenter, and uh, my mother had a, a small restaurant slash cafe. So pretty much my 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 time was wake up super early in the morning, wash the clothes, wait for the running water to to come in at like six and between six and seven a.m. Rinse all the clothes, get ready for school, hang the clothes, go to school, and then go to the restaurant, give mom a break. Uh, and then wow. after that, I would fix the house, cook for my parents. Uh, my brother was in high school in a different city. So uh, when he was 14, he left. And and I, I, I remember, I think that's the first time I cried in my life uh, when my brother left. Prior to that, you know, growing up as a tomboy, uh, I... Um, I didn't, um, yeah, a, a pretty strong person, but I remember crying when my brother went uh, to high school in a different city. So then anyways, like then after I would cook and clean, then I would go and hang out with my dad at the shop, which was about 15 minute walking distance. So my childhood- How, how far, 15 or 50? Yeah, one five, one five. One five, okay. okay. Yeah, one five. And uh, I'm sharing this with my mother. My mother is in Albania. And I would love for her to um, to see if she can uh, see us uh, on this interview. So, yeah, so childhood was amazing, amazing, amazing. The best memories. And at some point, we even had a vineyard that we made our own wine that we sold at the restaurant. So wow. I, 
my dad and I uh, planted the vineyards together. Wow. Yeah. And I watched the vineyard come to life and oh my God, it, it's, it's beautiful. And I had chicken and I had a cat and I lived in an apartment building. So I had the best of both worlds. I felt like I lived in the city, but then you feel like you're in the farm at the same time. So I've been trained from an early age. <laughs> so, so, so growing up your family, so you all lived in an apartment? Yes, in a in a one bedroom apartment, on the first floor. And so, uh, what a one bedroom apartment! How many siblings do you have? An older brother, just the two of okay. us. Yes. Okay. So, but one bedroom. One bedroom, one living room, kitchen, bathroom, and like a hallway corridor. I don't know how you call it. So my my brother and I would sleep in the living room, and when he went to high school then i had the living room to myself so you know we would wake up super early in the morning and before we went to school the living room was perfect for us to greet guests as a living room but every night it would convert into a bedroom oh my goodness wow <laughs> so did you not ever have a house that you no. lived in no to this day actually i've never lived in the house i own a house it's vacant it's a, it's a, yeah, it's another story for another time. But um, we, and it's crazy because we lived in a, on the first floor in Albania. And when we moved to New York, we still live on the first floor in this huge apartment here. So it's just funny how yeah. we always live on the first floor. And my mom hates the first floor. Hates wow. it. But yeah, so that's, that's, and it was so good. It, it's good sleeping in the same room with with your brother or my cousins would come over i feel like there's something magical when all the children all sleep in the same space and it doesn't have to be a living room it could be us sleeping on the floor i would sleep on the floor when i would go to my grandparents house because there's so many of us but in my own home you know we had beds that convert into like couches and yeah, it's a very Albanian thing back in the day. But as I was saying, it's a very magical thing when you, um, when you fall asleep, I feel like that energy that um, there interacts with the other people's energies. And I feel like you end up loving uh, your siblings and your cousins a lot more like that, 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 that breath. I don't even know how to explain it can, but um, wow, I feel like you're more connected when when you when you even share the same bed and but not necessarily but be in the same environment and i feel like i think that's probably one of the reasons why albanians are so so close with one another because we always lived in small homes and we had no choice but to to share beds and or sleep on the floor on on, on roofs in the summertime for fun and just to wow. just one another <laughs> it's very different so so um and and the reason was i mean so do people not own homes in albania they they do they do most of the towns have private homes but it just happened that uh, i was born and raised in a town with buildings because this was okay. at some point a piece of land and during communism it converted into a small town with buildings and the youth who helped build this town ended up either getting married or they were brothers and sisters and they moved their parents as well into this town and they moved in into these buildings that they helped build and 
then you create live and then after that it's very difficult it was very difficult to then build your own home because it's very expensive yeah and uh people were making enough just to to go by uh, and not even talk about savings like i remember i don't remember us ever having a bank account in albania or let alone like that, that wasn't the lifestyle, but my, my grandparents on my mom's side, they always had a private house. So my summers, when I, when I wasn't at the beach and I was at my mom's hometown, the entire town was full of one story, two stories, private homes. It just happened that I grew up in, in, in a building. You said communism. I, I, is Albania, I didn't know that Albania was a communist country. Is oh it still? No, it's not. Albania was a communist country for 50 years. What? Yes. And our Isn't that weird that communism never works out? <laughs> like, it's yeah, it's strange, right? Yeah. 50 years, 50 years of communism. 50 years. And How, then when did they when did they stop being com a communist country? The dictator, uh I believe he passed away in 1985, I believe. Wow. And then by 1989, when Berlin Wall fell, that's when Albanians also started to, to, to use their voice because we all have a voice. It's a matter of us being suppressed versus not suppressed. And Amen. It, was a, it was a time that we called it when the embassies opened. And what that meant was the U.S. embassy opened the doors for a short period of time and all these other embassies that were in Albania. And, and next thing you know, people would pretty much fight to go on the other side of the embassy and automatically you are in American territory. And then a lot of people came to America, went to Italy. So a lot of, a lot of tough times during the nineties in Albania. And that's when they, they elected the first party, the democratic party, which I think it's equivalent to the Republicans party in the United States. Okay. It's called so, so, yeah. so that all happened way before you were born. Um, so I was born in the nineties, I was born in the eighties, actually. I won't tell you how oh. old I am, but, um, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, well, I didn't, that's okay. Wow. So, um, so you, you, um, growing up, I, I'm, I'm always curious, like, did you, did people talk about Oh, someday we have to move to America, or did did was that was that a, a goal that a lot of people shared in 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 Albania? Uh, during communism, you couldn't speak about it because they would execute you and your entire family. What? Yes, and a lot of the families in Albania were executed because some someone from the family escaped the border, and they would pretty much. Let's put it this way. If you are from the north and someone from your family escaped, yeah. the system would take your entire family and it's called it's called internim. I don't know how to say it in English, but pretty much you were punished. And now they would move you into the worst parts of Albania in the south, where you are away from anyone that you are blood related to related to. And you were you were judged, you were bullied. Fingers were pointed at you. People could not be friends with you because the system then would probably 
hold it against them. But in secrecy, people loved each other and um, and protected each other. Wow. And absolutely, during communism, you could not speak about the Western. And it's pretty much, I remember my parents um, working out every day to prepare in case the United States would invade us. And my mother to this day says, well, I wish they did. Why would they invade us? But it's to, to pretty much improve our lives. But that never happened because why would anyone invade Albania, let alone the United States? So our dictator was considered the dictators with most slaves in the human history because there were 3 million Albanians inside the Albanian territory in complete isolation. At some point, he cut ties with Russia, China, and Cuba because those were our allies. And then at some point, like we completely, completely were just this country with this imaginary wall. Right. So, and then had in soldiers in all, all borders. You couldn't speak about America. My father has an aunt who moved here during the war. They went to Italy in 1939 when because Albania had a king prior to communism believe it or not and our wow. king married princess Geraldine of Hungary so we were a kingdom and then he fled uh, in 1939 and that's when a lot of these uh, high elite high net worth individuals fled as well took the money the families the people that worked with them and my dad's aunt used to be someone that would attend to this very rich family wealthy family back home so the parents never saw her she left when she was 12 and then from there moved to the united states and wow. my my father knew he had an aunt here but there were no communication so when the 90s uh and this whole democracy i guess all democracy i was i call it chaos because it was a very tough time in albania that's yeah. when letters started to exchange between the west between all the the people that had created families in the United States, now they were reconnecting with their families back home. And my parents became friends, were friends with another family in our town from the north whose brother lived in the United States. So when he came to visit his brother, my parents met him. And that's when the American dream began in our family in the 90s, where this man may he rest in peace uh he he would say one day you will come to america and he's like what there's no way there is no way and fast forward 2003 uh, my mother moved here through a lot of ups and downs in between but th that's how it started for for our family because of a family they were friends with prior to them even being married to one another and so we've been friends for over 40 five 50 years with them and that's why we're here okay so your so albania became a democratic country um in the 80s then in the 90s 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 so the dictator died and people were like thank god um <laughs> and 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 he uh and 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 got rid of communism that's good yes. so so when um and and so you were young when communism died in Albania. Uh, I mean, I was a baby. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't, I, I, I should know. I think he died in 1985, but I should know. But I did not live through communism, but uh, definitely he left. On the back side of it. You were there on the back. Yeah. So I'm sure that there were people, though, because of cognitive dissonance, there were people there that 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 probably still felt like, wait a minute, we communism can't go away. Like, I'm sure there were plenty of people like that, I would imagine. Um Right. So after, after that, where, where, so you grew up in that you graduate, like, did you go to high school? I, I don't, is that because yeah. high school sounds like high school's different here than it was there. Uh, completely different. I mean, I don't know okay. what it is to be in high school here, but I finished high school in Albania okay. and then I, and I moved here right after. Um, and, um, yeah, and then, you were 19 when you moved here. How old were you? 19? Yes, I was 19. Okay, I'm... so tell me about that. That's a that's a really interesting story. Um, you were sitting on the beach on the Mediterranean <laughs> one day, and you're like, you know what? Tomorrow I'm moving to America. That's not how <laughs> that's not <laughs> that's not how it happened because okay. so one, how did how did it go down? I was on the top of a mountain. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, yeah. I, was, I was like contemplating. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, um, well, oh my goodness. Well, let me put it to you this way. One day you're, you're back home worried and afraid that you will never get a visa to unite with your mother um, whose visa mm-hmm. was about to expire. And if she, wouldn't come to the United States, then that means that we are stuck in Albania forever. And then we would never be able to, to make, um, oh my God, Greg Walker. Love you, Greg. Greg, you know, Greg, of course I know Greg. (laughs) Greg is, Greg is my brother. Wow. He's my brother. Like, let's share. share. We are from the same town, Columbus, Ohio. Greg and I. Oh, yes. Yes. That's right. And he has the best, the best, best grandson atlas like my goodness yeah greg's amazing the big dreamer he he deserves for me to interrupt my story and acknowledge him because he's phenomenal Phenomenal. i agree the world gets smaller but pretty much um my mother's visa was about to expire she's in the united states um and i wait i missed that how did how did your mother end up here and you didn't how did that work because you can in Albania, even maybe now it's easier, but back in the day, you couldn't just apply for a visa and express an interest that you wanted to move to the United States. And they're like, sure, yeah, absolutely. Here, open door policy. There, there's no open door policy. Um, and uh, pretty much when my mother got the visa, I couldn't get the visa because I was 19. And usually they don't give visas to 19 year olds because they know that. I'm not coming back in the country. So it was a lot of hard work and sacrifices and many, many years of, of struggle to, to secure this visa for my mother. And then she moves here in January. I'm back home. And luckily, luckily, I, oh my goodness, I got a visa on April 15th. I think that's tax day for the United States. Wow. And, um, I remember being in front of the officer 
And the way you know that you received the visa back in the day is they keep your passport and they tell you return at 4 p.m. Like that, that's like how you would know. And I, I froze and then I had this cop uh, tapping on my shoulder. He's like, miss, you can come back at four. I'm like, what for what? He's like, to pick up the visa. Like, I didn't even know that I was granted the visa. And I, I, I was numb. I was so numb. And uh, your mom was here. Where was your dad? Uh, my dad was was in Albania. My brother was in Europe. So we were scattered all over wow. all over the the world, pretty much. So wow. I get the visa, Ken, and I tell my mother immediately a week later, I jump on a plane, April 23rd, I moved to the United States. My mother did not recognize me. She's at the wow. airport with the friends. She did not recognize me. And it, it's insane how I we were separated for I would over three months. And then her, her friend would say, here is Migena. And she's aware. And I'm writing like literally I'm right in front of her. Wow. And she's like, where is she? And then she would just touch me like this. And she's like, is this really you? And it's crazy. She tells me a story when she was holding a, a one year old baby from the family that she was staying with. Um, and she had received a phone call uh, a few days prior from the person that was helping us uh, to, to with the visa process. And I believe the conversation went like, I can't help you. There's no way I can get this visa from Igana. And my mother literally, she's on the fourth floor of a building. She, she, she like literally almost jumped out of the window after this phone call. And then this baby is touching her face. His name mm -hmm. is Jake. And then she just caught herself and then she sees the baby and she's just like sobbing and and um yeah so a lot of emotional uh, uh <laughs> trauma there but anyway i end up in the united states from where what airport did you fly into jfk 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 okay you saw so you're coming in you saw the statue of liberty probably. no no oh, you didn't can you believe that to this day I haven't been to Statue of Liberty? Well, I mean, if you lived in New York, it would be a lot easier for you to see it. Uh, you would think, right? <laughs> oh, wait, the... you live in New York. That's right. Oh, God. Well, I moved from Albania to the Bronx. And I was like, oh, my God, this is America? I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Uh oh! Oh, that's, oops! That is so funny. <laughs> uh, we were staying. We were staying with my friends, uh, my my parents' family friends, in the same building on the fourth floor in this building where we live now. Yeah. And I, I remember, Ken. Imagine you're 19 years old, no legal status, uh, no friends, no relatives, um, and the way people would pass time, you'd cook, clean, do everything in the house. And literally, it would just be my mom and the lady walking just around the building just, just to walk and talk about, because they have so much to talk about. They know each other since they're like 18, 20 year old. Yeah. And imagine yeah. me with these two ladies, with mom, who was you know, young at the time. She's young today, but just that. And then meanwhile, I, I'm thinking- just walking around the building? Walking around the building for like three, four times. So, they, so you wouldn't stay in the house the entire time because what else can you do? I couldn't find right. a job. My mom couldn't find a job. We have no legal status. My brother is still back home, back in Europe. It's just, it's just, 
I don't want to use the word depressing, but it was very, very scary. It was a very okay, scary. And this is in the Bronx. This is in the Bronx. Okay. So, so you're 19. You, you could, you're not allowed to work, right? You're on a visitation visa, not a work visa. Uh, absolutely. It was a tourist. Te visa. Technically you, you, yeah, you weren't tourist. supposed no, to work. No, no, honestly, like I was not on a working visa. I was granted a tourist visa because you're supposed to, uh, right. to, to, to visit and then go back. Otherwise they would never issue you a visa. And, um, pretty much I, um, with the help of the family that we were staying with, their son-in-law was working in a diner in White Plains as a chef. So a few months later, he secured me an interview with the um, with the manager, the owners of that diner, so I could start working as a hostess in a diner. Um, and I, I remember wearing my mother's shoes um, wow. and a pair of, and a pair of pants that uh, this um, and actually black pants and a white shirt, both those belong to some rich lady. I even remember the brand, it was brand um, theory. Very good brand, but I had no idea back then. All I knew, it's a shirt that fits me, pants that fit me. I was happy and I had my mom's shoes who fit me perfectly. So did you I, speak English? No, 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 no English. No just, English. No, I, no. I, I mean, hello, hi. <laughs> Where's not, the bathroom? <laughs> not, not, not even, not even zero, zero, like fluent communication, zero, just a few words. But, so, what did you speak? Albanian? Is that? A, is that? A... So, when I moved to America, I spoke Albanian and I spoke Italian. Oh. Um, because I am from Southwest Albania, which is very close to Italy. So, when growing up as a kid, we watched a lot of Italian TV. So you you learn the language. Got it. I go to this interview. They hire me. I have no idea why they hired me, but August 27th of 2003, I started working as a hostess in a diner. I remember the dates. Wow. Um, my first paycheck was $189. I think it was for like three days. I think I worked like 27 hours. I'm not sure. And I remember I, the reason why I bring up this $198 can is because I remember it being on an envelope and then when you open the envelope, which I didn't open until I came home, I, I handed that envelope to my mother and I wanted us to open it together. And of course, the first day that I went to work, she was crying so much because in her mind is, here's my 19 year old with all these dreams. Now she's going to work because we starting from negative, not from zero, negative yeah. six thousand dollars to get the visa how, how much 60 six zero sixty thousand dollars for you to get a visa for combination of of us to oh get my visa. gosh wow and, and uh pretty much we couldn't afford to buy food we couldn't afford to pay rent uh, we we had people gift us sheets pillows mattress dishes I'm talking, we literally came to this country. I came to this country with a suitcase and $60,000 in debt. 
Oh my lord, have mercy! And all you had, to, all you have to do now is fly to Mexico and walk across the border. <laughs> and yeah, or swim. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. But anyways, anyways. So the the this one hundred eighty nine dollars, which is the first paycheck I received, it it got me thinking because I'm from Albania and we love rounding things up. We're not, if it's 189, we're going to say here is $200. Right. <laughs> okay. right. We, that's how I grew up. We, we don't, you don't just give the pennies. And, and, and then I'm looking at this paycheck and I'm wondering, why is it that I work hard? It's only week one. Why couldn't they pay me $190? Let, forget, uh, forget 200 but why 189? And <laughs> I'm like, wow, what a great lesson. Because here you only get paid for what's on the contract, regardless, regardless how much more value you bring or how less of a value you bring. If the agreement is this, the agreement is this. And yeah. and and I was like, Hmm. So if I work more hours, I can make more. So I ended up from working three hour, three days a weekend to working seven days a week, two shifts, ended up becoming a hostess for another restaurant of theirs, which was 20 minute walking distance within the White Plains area called Central Avenue. And now if I wasn't at this diner, I was at the restaurant. So I'm on, I'm on my feet all day in Hills seating people all i knew to say was follow me to not even knowing how to spell and for a year year and a half i did that and then i became a cashier so i was in charge of all the money and the desserts and then after that they trained me to be a waitress so and, I, and so you're learning english along the this, way at this at this point i'm literally receiving my first esl english as a second language working as a as a diner hostess Wow. Um, just smiling at people. I made a lot of friends. And during the holidays, a lot of the families that would come there to eat, with, to eat uh, they would gift me a necklace. They would give me like an envelope with something for Christmas because these are like they adopted me. Like that entire, you know, judges, lawyers, a lot of Jewish families back there. I'm in touch with a lot of them to this day, 20 years later. They take me. They take me to dinner. Imagine three couples in their sixties and seventies at that time, and me, a twenty-year-old, going to dinner together. Like they would invite me and and greet me. Wow. Like it's beautiful. They're like, we will buy you a car. Please don't leave us. Don't work in the city. So pretty much, I worked for three years in a row with no. Wait, hang on. How far away from the Bronx is White Plains? And did you travel back and forth every day? Yes. Yeah, so I would wake up at five a.m. I would wake up at 5 a.m., uh, wash my very long hair. As you can see, I have very long hair, right? Yes, you this do. Would, this would be like here, on top, here, wet. I had no time to dry it. I would walk to the bus station um, in the dark, either oh snow, gosh. snow, rain. I remember back in the days. In snow, the Bronx. In the Bronx. I would take a, a bus. And you would take me about an hour and 15, 20 minutes one way. And it would leave me right in front of the diner. And the last bus left that area around 11.30 p.m. 
my shift ended at 11, so I would wait for the bus. So this was my life for, for, for three and a half years, taking a bus Monday through Sunday, no days off, not a single day off. I worked, I, I call it like a hundred hour week, but literally when the owner would, would pay me, he's like, you're taking all my money. Uh, his name is Bill. I'm like, why? He's like, you're the only person who works like 80, 90 hours a week in this restaurant and with a smile. And Look who's watching. Look at the comment. Ah, uh, Glenn Warshower has to wash his long hair every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yes, I actually bought him an, an Albanian shampoo. We're working on it. We're working uh, on it. Glenn, I love you. So um, yeah, so that was that was my life, Ken. That was my life. Wow. And and we would hide the money um, in Ziplocs bags in envelopes inside uh, buckets that had flour because mom made home yeah made homemade bread made home homemade bread yeah. so we didn't have a bank account and that was the only way space for us to save the money and every time we would make ten thousand or twenty thousand we would go and give it back to uh to to the people that helped us lend it as the money to come in this country oh so pretty God. much so pretty much we like lived on cereal for for about three years and milk and I would save the food because then my dad eventually gets here. He finds a job um, working as a, um, as, as a carpenter. He was getting paid $60 a day. He's it, so I, I have a question. This is out of left field. Um, did it ever occur to you that, you know, here you are, this beautiful woman. Did it ever occur to you, like, Maybe I should just find a rich husband and not have to work like this. No, I. Why? Because. I would. <laughs> what too late for you, Ken. <laughs> yeah, forget it. But yeah. no, did it not ever occur to you as you're walking through the rain and the snow to the bus to draw to go and working like, wow, I just need to find a, 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 a rich husband. I know this will sound very, very scary to some and very silly to some, and it's okay. It's okay. But not once, not once, what? I was what? already taken. He was taken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Now, now we're getting comfortable. So, <laughs> so pretty much, my God, my hair is out of control today. It looks great. Stop. Go ahead. It's Keep going. Wild. So, so, so you, the rich husband thing was out, out of, out of. So I, I grew up, I grew up in a family that is extremely strong and loving and caring and very, very hardworking. Like we earned every single, every single penny that we had, we earned. And I mean, I earned it as, as a kid, uh, either working on the garden or being in my dad's shop or being at the restaurant, washing the floors by hand and giving my mom a break. And when you come to America, it's no different. You just multiply that by 10 X, 50 X, hundred X, a thousand X. It doesn't matter. Uh, one, I never, I'm only 19. Absolutely. Having a husband was out of the question. Like that was not in my thoughts. And my mother being an independent woman, 
she did not raise me to depend on another venue in order for us to make our lives easier because that's not who she is and that's not who I am and who we are as a family. I was just grateful that I had the opportunity to work 30 30 hour days I felt sometimes because I would go in this diner, I would go to this diner and if I were at a at a university to learn English, I was at a bakery in the Bronx for 3 days making $100 combined in 3 days. So all I'm all I'm my main goal, my focus, my goal is let's get this debt out of the way. So then we then I can mark that day, the first day for the rest of my life after that debt it's paid off. Right. And be, and that it's a, a a whole bubble for me. And uh people ask me like what's your relationship with money because you know talking about money it's not easy and I always say there's days that I don't like money at all. And there's days that I love money because I remember moving in this country as a 19 year old, going and working in this diner, falling asleep on a bus, banging my hand, my head on, on the bus, and then waking up with like a swollen eyebrow as if someone had beat me up, but it's just, just me being tired. And I would see the swallowing like two, three days later. And then like, no one would believe me that literally I fell asleep and hit my head on the bus. And, uh, I don't remember, Ken, like, I don't remember what I look like. Literally, I don't have a recollection what my face looks like, only that my hair was a lot longer. And I donated it to Locks of Love about 13 inches when I was working in White Plains at the hair salon across the street. Wow. And when I went back at the diner with my hair done, I just had a haircut. Everyone said, wow, you have really long hair. And I'm like, what? I just donated 13 inches i would sit on my hair that i remember my hair like it's like my strength right but i have zero recollection of what i look like so if you ask that teenager hey what's your relationship with money i'd be like i hate it because i don't remember ever being a teenager i went straight from being a kid to being an adult and 10 years just went like poof like i don't know what happened there but then at the same time it was because of money that we had this opportunity to get the visas to come in this country right. to pay the debt to 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 have a better life to live the american dream if any of you still believes that there is such thing as an american dream i still believe it yeah it's, so it's, a great, it's the greatest country in the world i am blessed and we make america beautiful and we make america great and uh it's a blessing so when when you speak to that migena who maybe wanted to go on a vacation or have nice things i don't know if i liked money that much because i had to go work for it but, but migena i've i've seen your lubatons so <laughs> <laughs> when did you say oh i saw them in an interview I saw you wearing them. You're terrible. Um, well, I so, own I own about five pairs of Louboutins. Of Louboutins, and I you don't like them. money. Uh, exactly, I don't. You know, Nike makes some nice heels too. I think. Yeah, sure. I'm yeah. kidding. I don't know. I, um, I worked very hard for Los Louboutins. I'm sure you have. Because but that takes money. It does, and that's why I say there's times where I am like. Mm, why why does it have to be 
so harsh, this relationship with money, because you look at yourself and you're like, really, my mother is making $5 an hour. My dad is making $60 a day and I make $7 an hour. And the three of us have to work very hard, fast forward so we can pay rent because of ABC. But then fast forward, I mean, it's it's one of the best tools, unfortunately and fortunately. So those were the days when I just moved here. But nowadays, it's a little different. It's slightly different nowadays. A little bit. Yeah. Yes, yeah. just a little bit so, different. So, so talk about, because I know that you're, you're fluent in five languages now, right? <laughs> yes. Um, what are what languages are you fluent in? Um, well, I speak Albanian. It's my native language. Uh, I speak Italian. I speak English. I speak Spanish, and I speak French. Wow! Wow! Money enhances a pre-existing condition. Oh yes, thousand percent, thousand percent. So, so, so you, you, um, you did this, you said for three and a half years, just the, just the no days off. Yeah. Um, and where, where did things go from there for you? I, um, do you still work at the diner? <laughs> <laughs> sure. On the weekends. That's how I <laughs> wore my Louboutins. I mean, seriously. Yeah, right. Right. I mean, ah. right. I, in 2004, we were granted political asylum. Okay. That's, that's when George Bush won the elections and my mother had a case and people would ask her, have you, have you prepared for the case? And she's like, yes, Bush is going to win on the second. I'm going to win on the fourth. I, I remember this. This is 2004, November. Uh, her and I go to the, to Penn Plaza, 26 Penn Plaza. She's granted the political asylum, being that I am under 21, I automatically um, get the papers as well, which means now I can start college because before I couldn't. But it took a couple of years before I could start college because I kept failing the English uh, uh, essay part. Like I'll pass the math, but I couldn't pass the essay because it's English, it's not my first language and it was very difficult for me yes. to communicate and write. Um, so I started college by age 24, went to Hunter College. Uh, now I am working at the diner as a waitress. I take a sub, a, a tra I mean, I take a bus, go to the diner. 7 a.m. I'm waiting tables. By 3 p.m. I get on a Metro North train, come all the way in the city, take a subway, go to Hunter, study all night, take a subway, wow. come to the Bronx. So this is my life for another year. Now I am in in White Plains, Manhattan, the Bronx. Working and school. and and how much did you sleep back then? I I've always slept, I would say four hours. I've always slept four hours for the longest. Okay. And then because I couldn't do this anymore, I ended up working at one of their of the diners owners restaurant in Manhattan. So now I'm working as a hostess and then a waitress in New York City. And then going to school every night. So now we started going to school Monday through Sunday because Ken, I'm in the plane, catch up plane mode. I'm like catch up yeah. with college, catch up with yeah. life, catch up with language and everything. So yeah. I end up graduating in three years from Hunter College with an economics degree, minored in Italian, minored in history. And because I was exempt from languages and I loved them, I took French, Italian, and Spanish 
two classes in a class, it's called fast tracking. So instead of you taking Spanish 101 one semester, 102 another semester, I'll take Spanish 103 in one semester. And I'll and I'll go to school for lang for for languages only Saturdays and Sundays all day, and then every night I'd wait tables. So now I have a full time job as a as a captain in a high end restaurant uh, called Milos. For anyone who may know of Milos in New York City, and then I would go to school. Then economic crash happens. I can get a job as a as a I guess not as a because I had no idea what I wanted to be truly. But if I have an economics degree and I speak these languages and I have so much energy and love and work ethics unmatched for someone my age, especially as a woman, um, and the ability to, to connect with people and make friends and, and be that loyal person, because now I had a track record, uh, because who truly knows themselves unless we are put in these experiences and this environment so this is why i speak to everyone because they're like hey now that you know yourself like what what are you most proud of i'm like I'm, i look forward every day to getting to know myself better yeah well me working i got to know myself better so now i knew what i would bring to the table but then economic crash happens i have zero experience other than being a waitress and a hostess and a cashier in some diner or some restaurant right and I couldn't get a job. And I ended up working as a human resources recruiter for a real estate company in Manhattan. Uh, this was temporary. So now I'm wearing a, a suit every morning and I'm wearing a uniform every night. Uh, so I go from three jobs to two jobs in school to two full-time jobs with no break in between. So I could go from West Side to, the, to Midtown on a subway, so I needed that half an hour so I could make it on time with my other job so I wouldn't get fired. And um, about nine months later, when this daytime job uh, company said, hey, your last day is Friday, I was like, thank you. I knew it was temporary. I was hoping I would be permanent, but at least I have nine months on my resume as being a human resources recruiter with three degrees in five languages. Right. In New, York, in New York City and wearing suits, heels, as, the, as they would say later on, I learned you, you dress for the job you want, not the job you have. I wasn't thinking on those terms. I was just dressing out, out of respect for Migena, her family, because when, when I showed up in the world, I represented myself, I represented my family, right. and then respected the work environment. It had nothing to do. I didn't even dream of being a manager, let alone a CEO and dressing up like one because I did dress up like one. And then they realized that I was an asset to their company. And two weeks after they let me go, even though it was in a temporary assignment, they called me back. I ended up working again with them starting on a Thursday. And then by, by Monday, I am now interviewed to become a supervisor in um, a class A commercial building in New York City. And that turned into wow. three buildings. And because I didn't trust the company, I'm now wearing a uniform every lunch. I'm waiting tables at Milos. And I am wearing a suit every night, being a project manager, managing staff, and, and connecting and, and uh, nurturing these relationships with our clients who manage these skyscrapers. Of course, a year later, I was promoted as a project manager at Goldman Sachs, the global headquarter. I went from 20 employees to 120 plus 30 employees overnight, really. 
I ended up uh, not going to Milos anymore. Uh, I was offered to make half of what I was making. So here is Migena after 10 years of being in this country. I moved here 2003. In 2013, I started as a supervisor. 2014, I was a goldman. I was now making less than I was making when I was working in a diner. I took the biggest pay cut of the history. I was wow. making I was making less than my employees, but again, I was in a plain plain catch up mode. I needed that for my resume, and sometimes you have to take a step aside in order to move forward. I never felt that I was taking a step backwards because money doesn't determine your character, your personality, your your self worth. Zero indication. It's how you feel inside, and because I believed in Migena and not necessarily on a company uh, determining my value based on the, the salary, based on the hourly rate they were paying me. It had nothing to do with me. And that I knew. I knew because I worked hard since I can remember myself being five years old, that I was more worth more than whatever I was getting paid. It was just a matter of time. And it was another schooling or PhD for me. So after being a project manager with Goldman Sachs, I ended up being a project manager for Hearst Corporation. I ended up managing 20 million square foot of space in New York City. Uh, having over 20 buildings, clients, um, being a director. And this was what, what year was this? Uh, this? My career now started in 2013. Okay. And between 2013 and 2021, I was in a nine-year journey of real estate where I had five different roles within the same company or different companies. I went from like every year, every two years, I went from HR to supervision, project management, area director, right. and director of business development. And then one day I decided to be a big girl and I said, enough of this. And I quit. I resigned. So, but, but let me ask you something. Let, so what, what do you think, if you could say it was one thing and, and, and make this a short answer for me. Yes. What was the one thing that that made gave you the ability to keep moving up? Because now you're you're in the six figure income bracket. You're you're doing yes. doing well there. What was the one thing that separated you from everyone else? Uh, Self belief. <clears throat> I think that's what it was for me. Okay. I, I I believed so much in my abilities, in my heart, and and uh, it was a matter of the right door being open for me or not. I yeah. didn't always know that the door that I was knocking on was the right door for me, Gena. Right. But I knew I knocked for the right reasons. Right. That I knew for a fact. What? So in 2021, you said I became a big girl and I quit. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, you quit. You just said I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I, 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 I literally, literally was thinking and running the self-analysis. My 20 year in this country was approaching and I said, all right, let's do a download here. Let's, let's reboot this computer, see what's up, what needs to go, what needs to stay. And I was looking at all the accomplishment that I had done over the years. And um, I was somewhat, proud, but I was actually very disappointed. I was so, so disappointed. I had realized that I had not honored my parents' sacrifices, my brother's sacrifices, him waiting 14 years to come in this country. 
that's a story for another time. Um, and and I and I said to Miguel, what's the worst that can happen? You can always go back and get another job, but if you don't try this, if you don't like literally go big faster and start picking up all those dreams that were collecting dust over the years on that shelf of dreams that I call them, you will never, ever, ever truly be happy. And I knew I wasn't happy because in every role that I had, I knew it wasn't where I was supposed to be. That, and that's the crazy, that's the crazy part. You know, when you, you go into a job and perception has it that you're doing phenomenal, but deep inside, yeah. you, you know you don't belong there, but it's just another step in order for you to get to the second floor or the third floor because I believe in taking steps and eventually why not take the elevator? But steps are important. So I was just taking steps and pretty much I gave my 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 resignation uh, and January 1st of 2022, I had no job, no income, not knowing where I was going to be and what I was going to do. <laughs> be, well, the pants were and still size small, but yeah, Glenn, Glenn says my life <laughs> decided to be bigger, put big girl pants on. Uh, yes, that's the day. The day you decide, the day you give yourself permission to to do better, to to be better, not just for yourself and for others. And by magic, it happens for you. It's wild how that happens. And I didn't know that because all yeah. I knew was pay debts, pay more debts, uh, beg this company to give me a raise, beg this other company to see me and recognize me. And then I realized that I had gifted my freedom and I had told all these companies here, take my freedom, put me in jail. You decide when I go to Albania and celebrate my cousin's wedding. You decide if I'm going to go and celebrate a holiday with my parents or when I don't. Because clearly I am just worked my butt off for 20 years. My parents worked all of their lives. They left everything behind, moved here because of you. And this is how you pay them back. This is how you honor them. You go and you allow a person or a company to dictate your future, to determine if you buy those Louboutins and feel happy or buy those Louboutins and feel guilty. And, right. I said, and I said, I'm done. I'm done because I knew that I could go back to a diner and make $9 an hour, if not seven. Right, right. right. So you, 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 you left. What did you do? Where, where'd you go from there? I mean, you, you still have to have an income, right? <clears throat> you still have to make money. What did you do on it starting in 2021? I leave starting 2022, which is last year. I, uh, I live with my parents and my brother. We are one unit. We are extremely supportive of one another. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I saved a lot. I never drank. I never smoked. I never went out. Uh, I don't remember ever going on vacations other than going to Albania to see my brother when he was there and come back home. So I am an excellent saver. I, I, I saved money when I was five, six years old, like even 20 cents that my parents would give me to buy a chocolate. I'd put them in the pot and at the end of the year, I'd convert them into big money and I'll tell my parents, here is the money for the turkey. And you know the story with the turkey, Glenn. And, uh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. And they'll be like, where is this money coming from? These are my savings. From where? You know, the money you would give me all year round, 20 cents a day. Do the math, 30 cents a day. Here is, or 50 cents. That's at the end of the year, $30 or something, $40. So being that I, I, I am an excellent saver, I have a lot of respect for money. 
uh, when I when I resigned, I knew that I was going to rely on my family and I was going to rely on my savings. But most importantly, I was going to rely on Migena and her strengths because I know I have strengths. I just didn't know how strong I was until I put myself in a different uh, environment. So uh, I ended up at a Grand Cardone real estate summit at the end of 2021. I heard all of the success stories of people saying multiple exit, passive income. I'm like, what, what are these terms? I have no idea what they mean. Right. I felt so disappointed. I said, I want to create for myself multiple streams of income for my family, for my friends. I want to travel the world. I will be on TV because I've always wanted to be on TV. Like I've always, like my biggest dream as a little girl has always been to be a movie star. Like I imagine myself like Audrey Hepburn, or I don't know how to pronounce her name, but just like- Who would you say? Audrey, Audrey H. That Audrey one. Hepburn. That one. Yeah. And then that. just that one, exactly. That one. I would yeah. be like, oh my goodness, I see myself as a movie star. I see myself having TV shows. And then you come to America and you're like sitting people at a diner. And I'm so grateful that I did because I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for all the, 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 the blessings because yeah. I was so protected. Protected from the moment I would wear my mother's shoes going to work. They were my shield, my, my strength, my protection to fast forward, going to this Grand Cardone real estate summit, resigning, joined his real estate club, hung out with Grant for a full year on a weekly basis, learning multifamily. I became a member of a family office club. I started to connect with people, ended up meeting the executive producers of an investment TV show. Next thing you know, I'm in LA running the red carpet without having any experience holding that microphone. So I'm being trusted now with an LA premiere. I, oh my God, like I get to be best friends with Glenn Morshower. I mean, come on. Like, no, you don't. You get to be second best friends with Glenn Morshower. I'm the girl, girl best friend. You're a guy. <laughs> oh my God. No. I'm kidding. I'm and then, kidding. and then, uh, pretty much, uh, I start, I opened my own company, Eagles MA LLC, uh, where initially started as um, real estate solution services. So I could be of service to the industry that contributed so much to my um, <laughs> to my growth, to my personal yeah. professional growth in this, in, in this country, in New York City. And that's where I started to make a little bit of money through my connections, a contract here and contract there. So I could support traveling to LA, connecting with five people, traveling to Florida. So I've been traveling last year and this year can, I've traveled more than I've traveled in the entire 20 years of being in this country. Wow. Um, I had my 20 year anniversary in America, April, 2023. Wow. And I want to I give you a 60 second of 2021 Migena accomplishments and 2023 Migena accomplishments. So I went from, okay, fine. So you have a six figure job. You can travel the country. You have a business expense account. You get to play golf and close business on the golf course pretend to play golf really but look good in golf clothes <laughs> right that that's it to volunteering for saint jude's raising millions of dollars for these charities having thousands of friends but then you are in this apartment with your parents and your brother your mother still doesn't have her dream house 
to this point. I mean, if you want to just drop everything and take her in Dubai because she loves to go to Dubai, you haven't done that. She's been begging you for 18 years to take her to Turkey. You haven't. On and on and on and on. So I was like, oh, my God. I paused and I told a lot of my friends, watch me. And literally, this is exactly what I said. I said, watch me where I take life because life is no longer taking me. So in one year, I have published four books, collaborations. I'm on TV. I have my business. I took my mother and my dad to Istanbul for the first time in 20 years. Wow. Uh, I speak on stages. I invest in real estate passively. I invest in real estate actively. I have my own mentorship program that I help my friends because everyone is wondering how is it that I connect quickly. They think it's quickly. It's not quickly. There's no such thing as quick connection, instant connection. There isn't. I know that for a fact, but it seems that way to the naked eye. So when I ran the self-analysis on April 23rd, 2023, I was not scared to be with myself in full presence and get all those answers. You did this and this and this and this and then some and many that you didn't even imagine and all because I gave Miguel permission to not dream bigger because I've always been a big dreamer to actually give oxygen to the dreams because if we don't give oxygen to our dreams, they die just like anything yep. else. Yep. So yeah. And it's only the beginning. It's only the beginning. You have accomplished a lot in the last year, young lady. Very proud, very proud of, of, of the friends that I have met along the way. And even though my, my account wasn't a paycheck every other week. That's six figure. I've never felt wealthier in my life as I feel today. A lot wealthier than I felt yesterday because I even met one, two, three, three new people yesterday as I had a meeting in Manhattan. So I'm like, oh my God, I met with three more people and I'm already going to have coffee with one of them this week. So that's how I uh, determine wealth. Yeah. And and Ken, you you are that person to me, for me. I feel very wealthy the moment Glenn, um, Glenn uh, introduced us. And I feel like you are your own bank account in the Megana system. That's how wealthy, because the one bank account cannot handle all the abundance that, that you bring to the table. And I mean it. I truly mean it. And I see your, I see your heart. I, I feel your hugs. And... I, I feel your generosity. And, and when people ask me how is it that you connect with people, it takes two. Because you can be a truly beautiful person in the world, yeah. but if it's not, if it's not um, returned with the same or if not with a bigger love, yeah. it's not going to work long term. It truly it's not. Because I've, nope. tr I've, I've tried it. And I love hard. And I love really hard. But it does not matter. So you... Glenn and so many other amazing friends that are in my life are truly a blessing. And because I know you are counting on me on a daily basis to do better, to be better for all of us, I cannot show up in the world and disappoint anyone. So if you feel like you can disappoint yourself and give yourself permission to be lousy, reckless for a day, just go back to the friends who are counting on you because there is that saying that goes, 
if you are not winning, who is actually losing? So when I go to work every yep. day in the world, I want to be a winner because I have a lot of friends who are counting on me, friends and the people that we don't know yet who are not strangers. They're just uh, somebody that we haven't met, met yet. So I have so much passion for love, for life, for, for, for people, for, for humans, for beautiful humans, for knowledge. And, and and I love I love my heart. I truly love my heart. And uh, that's why to answer your question from earlier, how is it that you went through from A, B, C, D, E? It's because I constantly checked on my heart. I checked on my ego. I checked on my arrogance. And I'm like, all right, check, 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 check. We're good to go. And even if there was the slightest hint that it would corrupt Migena, her core, I wouldn't want it. So my biggest, my biggest success, it's never to lose myself in the process of any relationship. So, so we are eight minutes over what I normally do at this, at this time. Um, so keeping that in mind, let me ask you a couple more questions with some quick answers. Um, what's on the horizon? What's next for you? What, what do you want to accomplish? Oh. I, I heard you talking about finding a husband. Yes. Yes. She's looking for a husband, y'all. So <laughs> I, I, it should be the other way around. It should be like, um, who's looking for a good wife? Right. I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm looking for someone who's that looking can cook for and wait tables like nobody's business. <laughs> well, it's, let's put it this way. I, I am looking for someone who is looking. Right. There you go. If right. they're not looking, I'm not looking. Right. Right. Yeah. I'll work so around there. What's, what's on the horizon for you? What what are you what are you wanting to accomplish over the next few years? Um I want to have my business that I started last year be successful in the sense that it grows organically. And I create these opportunities for all of my strategic partners to be at the right tables with the right people to do business together so they can generate more income and, and work towards that uh, generational wealth. So Good. definitely so you need to, you need to change your relationship with money then. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You do. You do. Yeah. Just my, just my opinion. Yes. For what it's worth. That's one. Um, because I am an associate producer of, uh, with America's Real Deal and we're only on season two, I envision myself uh, being a lot more involved with the show that I already am. And I envision many of my friends coming on board at different uh, roles, wearing yeah. different hats and many hats, why not at the same time, and grow this uh, TV show where many of us can... can um, uh, flourish and help the show and help Americans flourish. So that's another big vision I have on the TV side. Like I love, I love yeah. the screen. I love the big screen. So that's, that's um, another beautiful dream that I continue to work on. Uh, and I love speaking on global stages. I know I will be on global stages. So the way I will end up in, I will end up in these global stages is by continuing to be extremely humble and work very hard and not be content that I know enough people and let's pause here and see what happens. So, 
so uh, when you were, you know, people, I love people that say, I don't judge because uh, that's not true. We all judge. Everybody judges. Um, we judge. I mean, it's like, uh, I don't want to You feel their energy. I'm judging your bad energy. I don't want to be around you. That's a judgment. Mm. Um, so, so. When you were working in this diner and all the other positions you've had, you've met thousands, tens of thousands of people probably. Um, and, and, you know, think about some of the, the, the people that you were like, you just knew that they weren't going anywhere in life. They, they, they have no goals. They're not going. What do you think? And, and this is going to be the last question I ask you um, probably. What do you think holds people, keeps people stuck? What do you think in, in your experience and what you've seen so far in life and your very youthful life, um, what do you think is stopping people from having, look, I've been, I've been homeless and broke and I've been wealthy and wealthy is much better. What do you think is holding people back in life? What's stopping them from, from having real financial freedom and complete happiness, the whole package. What's holding people back? What do you say to that question? Um, in my opinion, people are selfish and they justify all of their action based on the fact that they have children, they need that paycheck, and there is no way they could risk because they don't know what tomorrow will bring. Because as far as I'm concerned, when you are hired in a job, there is a high risk and a high chance of you getting fired the next day. So why is it that people are feeling afraid to rely on themselves? Instead, they rely on strangers. So it's, um, it's in my opinion, it's fear. And it's selfishness. Truly, that's what it comes down to, in my opinion. They're, they are just selfish and they're lazy. They're lazy. And and then they, they wake up one day, 10 years go by, and when they cannot fulfill their children's and their family's needs the way they should be, then they blame it that, well, I became a parent at a young age. I couldn't do this because of this, because of that. So pretty much it's pure justification. Mm -hmm. they are they're they're hiding and they're some, some could be fear there are a lot of people out there who cannot walk there's many specific situations that their actions could be somewhat justified but for the most part when someone is capable of hearing seeing feeling sensing walking breathing hopefully everybody's breathing then the only reason why they're not going after their dreams and their goals it's because they have these limited beliefs that they won't amount to anything that they will not succeed because they already bring themselves into the future from a negative point and of course if you're going to think negatively nothing will ever happen so i i feel like they need to blame one and one person only and that's themselves and i i feel like a lot of people out there they feel comfortable once they get into this job that gives them the five five figures of the six figures and they are content. Yeah. And, and that's why they, they, um, they don't, um, 
and they don't like the responsibility because let's be honest, Ken, and you know this very well. It's a lot of responsibility waking up every day, not knowing how much money you are going to earn. And I was trained in the restaurant because there were days that I would show up and I was making $20 on tips. And there were other days when I was showing up and I was making $300 on tips. So right. even though I was working at someone else's restaurant, I've always been on the unknown. Right. And, and people need to bet on themselves on a daily basis. And I feel like people are betting more on the employer than they are on themselves. And that's yeah. where the prob problem is. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a W-2. I loved having W-2s. It helped me be where I am. But you don't need to stop there. So stop. I being agree. I agree with you. Yeah. So I can't. I I don't like having a W two. I don't like. I can't. I'm not employable. So I'm not. I'm not. I can't do it. But McGinna, listen. I um. First off, I I just adore you. I think you're amazing. And and Glenn, if you're still watching, I love you, dude. Thank you for introducing me to McGinna. Um, you are incredible. And I think that your story from, from my perspective, your story, I have always admired people who, who, who are immigrants to the United States and, and come here and become extremely successful. Meanwhile, someone who's raised in the U S given all the opportunities you know, sit on their asses and do nothing with their life and, and live a mediocre existence. And, and I'm not saying, look, there, we need mediocre people in the world too. Um, but I, I just, I admire what you've accomplished in your hard work. And I, I also admire the fact that you're like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want a husband. I didn't want a man to, to, you know, you just said, I'm going to go figure this out on my own. And, and you have, and you're, you know, you're still figuring it out. I'm I realize that, you've, you've done so well, so well and honored that you came on and you've invested the time with my audience and, and shared your amazing journey, your amazing story. It's, it's incredible. So Anna, thank you. Oh, I, I am honored. And uh, I know you bring phenomenal people on the show and your time is extremely valuable and uh, and you don't take this show lightly and you bring here stories that will touch people's lives because the idea is when you and I are having this conversation as two friends, this is by no means an interview. The idea is for us collectively or separately to, to touch someone's life and whoever is listening today, even if it's one person between today and infinity that... Uh, here's my story. I just want to start by saying that my story is not unique. There are so many more heartbreaking stories uh, of challenges of mother never seeing their children and, and the list goes on and on and on. But that's not the point. We're not leading with pain. The right. idea is we're here today. Today is October 18th. Is Glenmore Shower's wife, by the way, Caroline. Happy birthday to beautiful Caroline. It's October 18, 2023. And what are you going to do starting today? And if until today you had no one speaking to you or waking you up or shaking you or dragging you, then I feel like, you know, 
glue yourself, grab yourself, even in one sentence, even if one sparkle of my story that may may speak to you, because I do know my story speaks to a lot, men and women, immigrant and non-immigrant. Uh, and I, I feel like when Ken and I are having these conversations and, and he's asking the questions that brings to the surface the past, the present and, and the future, uh, we do it because we want to help the world. Because in my opinion, Ken and I have had this conversation, not in my opinion, it's a fact that Ken and I have had conversations on the phone but yeah. when only two people hear each other's story, it kind of stays there. It's like very isolated in a way. And it only works for the two of us to strengthen our relationship. But the moment Ken's story and Migena's story come to the surface and we say, world, take what you need, leave what doesn't serve you, because, but don't flush it because it may be something you will need tomorrow. In the future, right, the future. right. And then go crazy with it. So his That's generous right. heart and my generous heart with the shares are here because we truly want to help the world. It's not because he and I have nothing better to do and we're just chilling on live social media. This is because we want to spread a stronger message because the world needs beautiful people. And I have watched some of your shows and the, the incredible, the incredible behind-the-scenes interviews of very successful nowadays people who started with yeah. a lot less than I did, than you did. And it's like, what's not, 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 not many people start with less than you, but <laughs> so, but I look, I, I, again, I agree with you. <clears throat> the world needs to hear, <clears throat> excuse me, your story. And, and they have now, and they will continue to hear it. You're, <laughs> you're a, a wonderful, wonderful soul. And I see great, great things coming for your future so again, thank you i'm going to end the live stream but thank you for coming on and being a guest today if you did not share this out please share it out and let the world hear this this amazing woman's story mcginna mm -hmm. thank you so much i thank really you. appreciate you likewise we'll see you guys later have an awesome day <laughs>